Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Crowcast Tuesday Night Live. We got there in the end. Just a minor hassle with uh, with some computer settings. We're all working from home, and my computer's been working overtime. So uh, apologies for the delay, but uh, we're back now. And joining me tonight is Peter. How are you going, Pete? I'm good, mate. How are you going? Oh, I'm all right now. Just a little struggling, bit... Uh, struggling there for a little while, but you're uh, okay now. <laughs> just a little panic, you know, but we're all good. It's okay. Never mind. We're all becoming techies now, aren't we? Oh, well, yeah, we're all, be- we're all becoming techies. The whole world is just... Uh, Zoom's in my house now, whatever that... I never knew what, what that was until <laughs> the other day. Now I've got now zo- everyone's Zooming everywhere. It's like yeah, zoom, that's right. Zoom. Well, see, and because I'm a contrary bloke and I was a silly bloke who knows computers at work, so I had to set up our online meetings and all that. I didn't use Zoom. I'm using GoToMeeting instead, <laughs> which I think is actually owned by the same bloody company. Everything goes through that log me in thing. But anyway. Always one step ahead, mate. Look, uh, thanks, Vardy and uh, Razor and everyone else for joining us on uh, the various platforms. Don't forget you can chat to us uh, live uh, via our Discord channel. You're either, if you're a member of Discord, hop on into the live show chat. Um, if you're wanting to chat but you're not on Discord, you can go to our website, aflcrowcast.com, click on the live chat tab, um, click on the uh, Discord thingy there, put in a name and join us that way and that'll be fine. You won't need an account at all. Or else you can obviously chat to us through Facebook and YouTube as well. Uh, anyone chatting to us on Spreaker is probably going to feel a bit lonely because, uh, oh, DSG's there and PJ Crow's there. I better keep watching it uh, just in case. Um, but look, mate, there's been a bit going on, a few developments over the last week or so. Um, what'd you make of it all? Oh, look, I was happy to um, see that the uh, players finally resolved uh, their dispute with the AFL just in relation to their pay. That was good to get that out of the way. I, <coughs> excuse me, I thought that they did. Uh, a reasonable amount of damage to their reputation. I think that, you know, look, they had contracts and that's all well and good. Um, but, um, you know, under the circumstances, I, I thought it was a bit unsightly and a bit unseemly yeah. to uh, be arguing in the way that they were. Um, but anyway, it's been done. I think that um, uh, uh, Gillam McLaughlin taking the uh, the big pay cut probably helped a bit as well. So um, in the end, they all... Um, you know, as I saw someone say, at the end of the day, you know, in in the kind of um, circumstances that we're in, to get it over the line in six days was, you know, probably the problem is, Fan. You know, a day in the in our lives at the moment is just massive, isn't it? Oh, you know, I mean, you just don't from from nine o'clock till six o'clock. There's just so, so much happens now. You think, you know, um, it was it was you know fourteen days ago that the fringe was still up and running, and that's it, right. You know, it just seems like an eternity. And so six days, was, is, you know, in normal speak, is a pretty good effort. But uh, in today's um, life that we're living, it was an eternity. Um, so anyway, yeah, congratulations. Um, what, what was your thoughts on that? Well, look, uh, very much the same. I, I wasn't overly impressed with uh, some of the sentiment coming out of the, the players' camp with regards to uncertainty, um, given that uh, we're all facing uncertainty. Um, you know, uh <sighs> It probably um, it probably turned out for the best. Uh, obviously, it's up for review. Um, sorry, that was my phone. Uh, it's obviously up for review in a couple of months uh, to see how things go. And today's or yesterday's announcement regarding the job keeper benefit um, from the government uh, certainly feeds into that. I think I saw a figure that um, 
the players and, and support staff, etc., obviously um, qualify for that. And uh, it could potentially feed up to $13 million worth of uh, benefits into the AFL system, mm. Mm. either through player payments or um, support staff payments. So, uh, you know, I guess because, um, because everything's moved so fast, I mean... Had they obviously waited a, a, a week, <laughs> then uh, the negotiations would have been completely different. And I dare say they might uh, rejig the negotiations uh, as a consequence of that announcement. But uh, we've lost a lot of people. I mean, we've already had Paul Thomas come out and say that he's uh, left the Crows and not coming back. I mean, that's a that's a big loss. Paul Thomas has been with the club for a long time and he's done a lot of good work. And uh, if we can't get him back, then... Uh, that's a bit of a loss, and I dare say there'll be a few others. Oh yeah, and look, you know, if you <clears throat> if you look to the semi-professional level, um, you know, specifically the SNFL, I mean, some massive problems there. And I know a good friend of mine working at the SNFL um, has already lost his job, and and um, was involved in junior coaching in an SNFL club, and that's gone. Yeah, uh, you know, just um, you know, one minute you, you know you're living living the dream. And yep. the next minute, uh, it just was completely shattered. You cooked, and yeah. Yeah, absolutely cooked. And I see Centrals have sent, set up a GoFundMe page. Um, you know, th- there is a lot of uh, pain out there for the Sandful. I'm just not quite sure how they're going to get on because, you know, your local clubs, you know, your local level amateur clubs, well, you know, um, they, they're going to survive because they run on volunteers anyway. And, um, you know, we're all going to go back there and, and uh, they'll, they'll manage, you know. But, geez, the SNFL clubs that are semi-professional, uh, I'm just not quite sure how things are going to turn out for those guys. Well, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of their funding comes from the SMA, and, of course, the SMA are losing money hand over fist. Um, yep. So the revenue there is dried up, and you wouldn't imagine that they would have the same lending power as the AFL. Now, I would... You know, um, what's his name? Um, uh, Gorda came out today, the, the chairman of the AFL uh, Commission, and has basically guaranteed the future of uh, the AFL and the AFLW and all the AFL clubs, etc., etc., and all the all the the feeder leagues and all that. So I would imagine that the SANFL and the um, the um, feeder channels um, would be. Uh, Really reliant upon the AFL system now to uh, to get them up and running. Uh, yeah, absolutely, uh, no question about that. Fine, I, I just just quickly look really good to see a couple of our old regulars joining us in the um, uh, in the Discord chat there, and I see Hori's just joined us, PJ Crows. Um, so great to see a few of you guys, um, Razor Ray. Great to you, and obviously Barney Magic as well. So good to see you making the trip in. Yep, absolutely. Uh, DSG's having having a few problems. DSG, if you're going in uh, via the uh, website, just uh, click on the little three bar button and go down to live show chat, and uh, that'll join you in, mate. You, I think you're in one of the other um, non-chat channels. Um, look. So we've got Gillen come out and basically guaranteed the um, the future of all eight eight clubs, uh, eighteen clubs. Um, you know, so, Freudian slip there, mate. Yeah. 
Well, you know, I mean, I guess a lot of us saw it as a, a, perhaps an opportunity for some rationalisation. Um, but uh, I never thought that the AFL would abandon any clubs. It would have been a bad look. Uh, it would have smacked up opportunism. There would have been a fair amount of backlash from the nine North Melbourne fans, um, you know, if they got swallowed up. So I guess, you know, um, they're committed to the 18-team competition and the 14-team um, women's competition. Uh, it's going to take a lot of getting going again, though. Yeah, and don't forget the, the TV obligations as well, the uh, the nine games uh, across the weekend that they'll be locked into. So, uh, you know, uh, whilst I, I mean, I, I was the same as you, I think I had the, the thought that this was a, an ideal opportunity to look at some rationalisation, but at the end of the day, they're going to have to come up with nine games. Yeah, yeah, and that's the big deal. And, um, and, that, and, that, and that is the big deal. There was some talk about... Didn't Caroline Wilson come out for some uh, some talk about uh, this thing about relocating North Melbourne to Tasmania? That came up again uh, today or yesterday, didn't it? Yeah, I just, very unusual. Uh, I just don't see that being viable. I don't think either of the AFL clubs that have been playing games down in Tassie have really been embraced. I think the game of AFL has been embraced in Tassie, as, as we all knew it would, because they're a footballing state. But I just can't see them adopting an existing club. I think they're very committed to having their own representative club in Tasmania, and so they should. Um, and I just, you know, whether it's just throwing a few things out there by Cara and seeing what sticks or, or not, I don't know. But I just can't see Tasmanians embracing a North Melbourne or, or whoever um, and making them their own. I just, I just don't see it. Um, look, on the Crows front, um, the only thing that's really come out that I can see is uh, an AFLW bit of news, and that's uh, the retirement of Jess Foley. Uh, she announced her retirement today. Uh, she's concentrating on her career in medicine, which is obviously uh, possibly driven by uh, the current situation. Um and it's going to be a massive loss um, for the AFLW team. And I think it begs the question, and I, there's been a little bit of uh, news and, and Twitter traffic around this particular topic, but this season, if it doesn't play out, um, there's going to be a few players, both in the men's and the female team, that have played their last game for the Crows. Yeah, sadly, I, I, I think you're right. Um, perhaps not so much the men. I think. I think that. Um, <clears throat> I mean, unless you're possibly talking Bryce, or um, but I think most of the the you know the the real sort of players that you thought would have been pushed into retirement have kind of been either pushed that way or traded out at the end of last year. Yeah. Um, is there unless there's somebody I'm missing? But I think that DMAC the maybe. AFLW could maybe DMAC, yeah. Um, but the AFLW. Yeah, that's a different kettle of fish. You got a couple there. Um, I see. Uh, was encouraging to see Chelsea back um, doing some uh, doing some work. Um, she's been. She was. I did say, just get off topic. I did say, um, n- not that I'm the great aficionado <laughs> on AFLW that Nikki is, no. but I think I did say at the start of the season that that was going to be a massive loss. Yeah, yeah, massive loss. And it turned and out think, to be the case. And I really think that we underestimated just uh, what an important cog she is um, in that wheel. She is a, 
a really, really strong, um, as well as being a really strong player, she's a strong leader as well. So anyway, sorry, I digress. No, no, no. Um, <clears throat> and Erin as well. So, I mean, you know, how those, um, you know, how, how they end up sort of coming back after having a year off, I don't, I don't know. It would be difficult to say. But, uh, yeah, I get the feeling that the, the competition is going to catch us up very, very quickly. Oh, no doubt. In, in fact, they probably have already. Well, I think, you know, we were very fortunate uh, to have uh, such top-end talent in our squad to, to begin with. I mean, Aaron Phillips, for everyone outside of South Australia, flew completely under the radar in those first few seasons. I mean, mm. no one paid any real attention to her. They're all talking about, you know, Daisy Pearce and all the rest of it. And well and good, you know, they're the Victorians and we're in a Victorian... <coughs> centric competition but i think everyone in south australia understood exactly what an acquisition erin was um yep. having seen her you know basically grow up with a footy in her hand and the only reason she went to basketball is because she had no alternative and she excelled in that as well um yep. you know but but there are others unsung you know uh, and chelsea is a classic uh, example yep. um you know just an absolute <coughs> uh, absolute stalwart um across half-back or through the middle. And I don't know whether we've necessarily got the same level of talent coming through now. We've seen Ed Marinoff possibly just sort of, not taper, but I think maybe plateau. Um, uh, a couple of the youngsters look good, um, but they don't have that that edge, that physical toughness that Chelsea and Aaron have. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how quickly they can evolve that list um, and develop some new champions. And I suppose that's where we're at now with the AFLW. We're at the stage now where we're bringing in new talent and that talent needs to be developed. Yeah, that's right. And that was always, I mean, I, this was something that I used to bang on about ad nauseum for the, criti the critics of AFLW, and that is that the women that are playing now are pioneers. And, mm. you know, they, they, they were women that were playing, you know, amateur and they were thrust into the spotlight and, you know, they will never ever reach the heights that their um, successes will because their successes are now in elite programs and they're in under 12s, under 13s, under 14s yep. and they're being coached and they have pathways and they are now, because of those women, are inspired to go and play in front of a crowd of 53,000 people in a grand final at Adelaide Oval. Yep. Um, and so, I don't know... Uh, every amateur club that I am in or around has massive, massive young uh, girl involvement. Incredible, the numbers. So anyway, and and that's uh, where the will... challenge is going to be, isn't it? With the with the the level of coaching and the amount of resources that can be devoted at those junior levels. Yep. Um, and whether we've got the resources in South Australia, because you'd imagine. Uh, I mean, we find it hard enough to get coaches over for the senior men's team. I, I doubt whether we're going to be able to source many coaches from interstate um, at, at that level uh, in the female competition. Uh, mm. So it's going to need um, a, a fair injection of, of good, solid coaching and probably some ex-players, um, Pete, some ex-male players um, <coughs> yeah. to come across and to actually take an interest in, in the female version of the game. There's a lot of investment in junior level in terms of infrastructure and, and getting clubs and teams up and running. But at some stage, they're going to have to turn their attention to quality rather than quantity, aren't they? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you would think with the the amount of numbers, you know that 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 should uh, that should happen mm. because you you know it, it just it's like you know it's like the men. I mean, as long as you as long as you're getting the numbers of young athletic, um, you know, coordinated, um, you know, girls, yep. then you're you're going you're going to get that will really really want to play. Yep. And you're going to get the natural athletes. Um, so hopefully that will uh, they will come through. I thought. Uh, sorry, just moving along. Uh, a quick, interesting one. I saw um, Kane Corns desperately trying to get the AFL relevant, saying that he thought that uh, we should look at doing an early draft in four to six weeks' time. I don't know what that was all about. Do you see that? <laughs> Jesus. I, I tend to block out Kane. What the hell was he talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the only thing of interest that I saw about Kane the other day was was a um, was some sort of a a, a, a a piece written by someone on Fox Footy or somewhere, or I can't remember where. And it was a fairly um, fairly uh, straightforward interview where he, I mean, he essentially admits that he's contrary and, uh, you know, he's taken on a persona. Um, he, you know, spends a huge amount of time on his social media presence um, to, to gain traction and to source ideas and freely admits that he sources a lot of his commentary ideas from Twitter and... You know, I mean, it was it was essentially an admission from Kane Corns that you just can't take anything that he says with anything other than a grain of salt. And yeah. I don't I don't doubt that Kane is a smart guy. And um, uh, when you if if you were to sit down with him over a, over an orange juice and talk footy without all the other crap around it, he'd probably come up with some pretty reasonable sort of stuff. But oh, in, you know, when he was. In his early days, when he was coming up through the ranks at Five Double A, mm. he, he was a really enjoyable listen. And you thought, "Gee, this guy's going—he's going to be a really good—he's yeah. going to have a really good career in the media." Um, and then, of course, he got signed by a Croc, and, and yeah. um, you know, with the with with the um, charge to be the, the next Rucci, and and uh, just became a dickhead, really. Yeah, he he, he assumed he made a <clears throat> career choice. He assumed a persona, and and that's it. Uh, and interesting, as DG, DSG points out in the chat, you know, he still has a penchant for, as, as his mentor did, uh, for blocking people on Twitter. So, you know, mm. he is a little thin-skinned in that regard. Um, but I don't think it's because, I actually don't think it's because it hurts him. I think it just doesn't serve his purpose. I think yeah. he he's not interested in entering into discussion. He all he's he's a headliner. That's all he is a headliner. He likes yeah. coming out with the big statements and then sitting back and watching everything sort of bubble along. So yeah, so uh, an early draft that's ridiculous. Um, but it does beg the question, and I think Gil might have uh, pointed this out during the week that uh, next season's draft, whenever that occurs, um, is going to be basically. Uh, sight unseen and mm-hmm. my understanding is that all the recruitment staff at the, as it stands today have been laid off so all your scouts all your um, all, all your your feeders um, all your information intel getting in, in country leagues and whatnot, they're all gone yeah um, so <clears throat> and there's no footy and there's, there's no, no junior yeah. footy but not only that, you can't even rely on ringing Hamish and saying, well, how did this kid go in under 16s? Because Hamish is probably going to say, well, employ me first and I'll tell you. Mm. You would think. 
Um, I mean, there's just so many variables and so many things that are really not going to pan, we're not going to be known until they pan out later in the season or later in the year. Um, it's so difficult to speculate. Um, hi to Linda too um, in the chat, uh, chatting from Facebook. Good to see you. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, Linda Dunlavy before, so I'm no. to have you in the chat via Facebook. If I'm not mistaken, she's a recent <clears throat> liker of the Crowcast page, so very good. Um, tell your friends. <laughs> so, mate, I guess the other side of that coin is that there's probably a few blokes that are going to benefit from the layoff, and it might actually save their careers. And the bloke that I'm really thinking about is Riley Knight. You know, when he did his Achilles at the beginning of the, uh, well, during the pre-season, you probably thought career over for Riley Knight because he would just get overtaken by other players. But this yeah. hiatus now gives him an opportunity to get himself right. It's really a six-month injury, as we know. Gives him an opportunity to get himself right and put himself back in the frame. Hey, great point, mate. And 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 have a guess who's the other one that will may really benefit from this would have to be Jordan Gallucci. Well, that will depend on where his attitude sits. Depends on Jordan, but if we if we just cast our mind back, he had that he had that uh, rocket yep, um, from from, um, from Mickey Godden, and you just wonder whether that he got that just in time, and whether he will now have an opportunity to reassess and and perhaps um, use this time to uh, to get his head straight. I certainly hope so. Yeah, well, you would like to hope so because um, we need him. We need him up yeah. and about. It's as simple as that. We, you know, he's exactly the type of player that we need in that midfield to be going well. And he's a number one draft pick. He's been in the system four years now. Um, we can't have him just. I'm languishing. a big fan. Yeah, I have been too, you, as you will know. You know. I think I'm you a, and I both have both been a big, big G. Yeah. For for Jordan and um, you know, uh, for you know, for value for touches, he's an extraordinary player in what he can do when he's yep. up when he's up and about and his mind's on the job. So I genuinely hope that um, uh, that he can use this time to pull himself together and, and come back bigger and better next season. Now, speaking of the midfield, uh, Pete, and we're probably going to just jump around as things occur to us tonight, <laughs> um, a bit of chatter. I think uh, a Twitter user, Pete Nash, uh, raised um, an interesting point about our midfield. And... Beg the question, and I don't think many people have actually taken much heed of this, but do you reckon that people have underestimated how much we're going to miss Cameron ellis uh in our midfield, that big body? Uh, well, it's an interesting point that you make, and, I, and, and once again, um, you've picked a very, very safe topic in so far as it's one that we're both aligned on, um, both fans of Cam and... Um, Look, to be perfectly honest, I thought it was quite interesting last season. I think that it went up. I think this this actually went under the radar a bit last season, and that is how well we were doing up until um, the buy, where where we were. You know, I think we we're in the eight, weren't we? From memory, I reckon yes. we were somewhere around there, around the place. And I reckon we were. No, oh, I reckon actually, not far not far from the buy. I reckon we were fifth. I reckon. I reckon we're fifth, maybe yep. even fourth. We're we're in reasonable shape, and I thought that Cam was having probably one of the best seasons that he'd had. And I thought it was very, very interesting that he then got injured. Yeah. 
and we fill in a big hole. Now, I'm not suggesting for a moment that, that was the only reason that we fill in a hole, but I just sometimes think that if it had been, you know, any other player that was playing in our midfield, if if we were going pretty well and they fell away because of injury, if that had been Brad Crouch, let's just take it, you know, if that had been Brad or Matt, yeah. <clears throat> and we were fourth or fifth and they'd got injured and then and didn't play for the rest of the season and we fell in a hole, what would people say? Mm-hmm. They'd say it's all because, all because we lost of, this particular play. That's, that's right. And, and but because it was camp, no one really wanted to draw that conclusion, um, which I thought was a bit disappointing. I, I thought that we missed him a lot more than what was ever discussed or written about. Yeah. And and I think that absolutely we miss him in the midfield because you know he was a clearance machine. He was a he was he was a first first gather first um, give. Um, and I think that we really missed him. Well, you know, our first uh, first time out under real, you know, under uh, premiership round conditions, and we come up against a, a solid midfield with an absolute <coughs> bull uh, as its centrepiece in JPK, and we just didn't have anyone to go with him. At various times, we saw you know Smith and Seisman and. Uh, Sloney and all that, they just don't have the body size. And Cameron Ellis-Yolman is the perfect type of player to go against that sort of bloke, if only yeah. to nullify him. Um, and But Cam showed that he had he had the ability to get his own ball and uh, it didn't really matter the opposition, he was able to get his own ball. And I really do think that we miss that big body. And when you, when you throw up numbers in terms of average size of midfields, ours is very, very small by comparison to the... Uh, to the benchmark, you know. Well, especially when you're trying to usher in a relatively new midfield as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, look, you know, I guess we may never know. Who knows what's going to happen on the other side of this. But my, my personal thought is that uh, we'll miss CY more than what uh, we thought yep. we might have. <coughs> um, I'll tell you what, good um, – sorry, just really yeah, quickly, go good exercise for the week, mate, is that I reckon if you went back – and you had a look at the, the first 10 or so games last season and you did the numbers on his stats, I reckon he, he, his stats would look pretty good. Yeah, no, well, no doubt. He was getting, he was pulling good stats, you know, 20-plus <coughs> posies and clearances yep. and all the rest of it. And not only that, what it does is it frees up other blokes. You know, yeah, it, right. it, it frees up other... You don't have a seedsman going up against an inside ball, for example. Um, yep. You know, so it has that knock-on effect as well. So it gives us first use. Um, yep. So, you know, I guess time will tell. Look, uh, the other one I think who will benefit, uh, obviously, is Tommy today. And uh, I yeah. think uh, Tommy, uh, I didn't realise this, but he actually hyperextended his knee during the pre-season. Did you know that? Yeah, that was why he ended up with a um, a couple of week delay, or what was supposed to be a couple of in getting him back. Because I think that the goal was always to have, because remember, he, he did it in round one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so the goal was for him to be ready for round one. Yeah, um, but then he had a couple of difficulties just uh, in the um, uh, just after Christmas, as I understand it. So yeah, yeah that was a shame. Yeah, I knew that. I didn't realise it was a hypertension, <coughs> which could have been bloody nasty. You know, it could have mm. very easily snapped that thing again. So he's definitely going to benefit from it. He'd be champion at the bit. I saw a tweet from him during the week saying he missed sports. I bet he does because he's <laughs> he's been oh, sitting in front of that bloody computer screen on his or on his phone on Twitter for the last twelve months. He'd be bloody losing his shit. I reckon. Yeah, that would be disappointing. So, you know, um, there's a few people who might benefit and a few who might uh, 
who might not. And there's, you know, every team I reckon will be in the same boat. So when the teams eventually come back, it's going to be quite interesting to see whether they persist with their lineups and see how they go, or whether some blokes, you know, just fade away because of, because of you know this was going to be the last season anyway. Well, it's a it's a really interesting. Um, th- uh, observation, I suppose it will be an interesting observation because what you, what you're dealing with is, is is that you know all of these guys are they've spent their lives being conditioned to really train in a group, haven't they? And um, yep. to be you know structured and all of those kinds of things. Now they've sort of dispersed. I mean, I read the other day that I think that most of our you know the guys that live in come from Victoria, they've all been released. They've all gone back to their families, and and so everyone's now dispersed. To the various parts of the uh, of the country, mm. and then it's now up to them within the confines of all of the new you know, regulations that we face mm. to um, keep themselves in um, in shape. And it'll be interesting to see the ones that mentally can can deal with that and um, and come out you know okay, or whether you have some that just you know fall away a little bit in terms of their conditioning and um, and just their general mental mindset. Well, and here's the rub, Pete. They're still getting paid. So their pay's been cut because they're not playing matches, obviously, and, and, you know, that's a fair call. But they are still players on an AFL Mm -hmm. list that are getting paid 50% of their salary, which in many cases is still quite a good amount of money for sitting around in self-isolation playing PlayStation. Mm -hmm. So they have um, a duty to themselves and to the club that employs them to continue to train and, and to make sure that they're, you know, at least pre-season fit when they yep. come back. You know, anything less than that would be, would be, uh, would be, uh, you know, under normal circumstances with a normal employer a sackable offence. Yeah, that's right. It'd be interesting to see which ones get caught up sitting on Fortnite for, um, <laughs> it's for not Fortnite however long anymore. on their PS4. It's not, it's not Fortnite anymore. We've moved on from no, Fortnite. It, it, is, it is in my house. It is in still, your house? It's still yeah. Fortnite. Yeah. But my kid's going um, back so, to Minecraft, so yeah. for God's sake. Jesus. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it, it will be interesting. And it could actually, uh, you know, mm. you wonder how much control the clubs have still got over the players under their, under their, um, under their contracts whether they're touching base, whether they've set them programs, whether they're, you know, Zooming or Skyping or whatever. Um, Zooming? Everyone's Zooming? Yeah. How, how much they've got uh, to... Uh, because all I've seen on Twitter is blokes taking it easy. We've got Sloney surfing and, you know, other blokes doing various yeah. challenges and whatnot. I I did see uh, someone, t- one of the reporters tweet out that a couple of the Essendon blokes were hitting the tan pretty hard. But... By and large, we haven't really seen much. Haven't seen much. And the other thing, the interesting, you, it just as you say that, I mean, and you look at all of the staff that have been put off and laid off, then, you know, um, I guess what's it going to be? I, I guess it's going to be the head coach and whoever's left to, to, to monitor these guys. It's not, it's a, they're not going to be able to delegate it, are they? Well, no, I don't think so. Because uh, um, they're on skeleton staff as well. Yeah, well, that's right. So, uh, you know. And the the one question I'd want to ask, and I haven't really heard anything, is did our um, did our culture guy get kept on? 
Uh, good question. I'm not sure. Anybody in the chat can um, help us with that one? I'm not sure. Uh, even, uh, you know, I mean, you would assume the, the assistants have been let go. Um, you would assume that Haggis has been let go uh, and the recruiting staff. You would assume that the heads of the departments have been kept. So your GM footy ops and, and Reed and, and those blokes have been kept. But uh, I haven't heard anything about any of the others. Vardy's saying that Jackson's still there. Yeah. Uh, which would be good uh, because one hell of a bloody rude shock to come over to, to Adelaide and then <laughs> just basically get the R straight away. Um, but we haven't yeah, heard a lot just... of the club in terms of who's left. The Twitter guy's still still there. He's still tweeting like a mad thing. Do you let me put this to you? Just thinking about the club in its current state and the players all dispersed. What realistically? What chance do you think there is that we actually get a season? Um. Well, I think the problem is going to be not so much what's happening in South Australia, but what's happening in the eastern states, particularly in New South Wales. Um, yeah. And. I don't think border restrictions are going to be lifted for quite some time. And don't forget, that was the catalyst for the AFL shutting everything down, was lack of freedom of travel. And, you know, we've had the the restrictions on movement since then. But even if the restrictions on movement are lifted, I think it's going to actually be a while before border restrictions are lifted. Um, yeah. And you've got some states that, are, that have taken it upon themselves. Like, we were the first to go in South Australia, which is probably a good thing. WA were with us. Tassie also went pretty hard early. Um, that's going to be the thing that stymies them. We've seen Gill come out and say that the players have agreed that they'll play in a season up until December. Um, so they've given themselves as much time as possible. I don't know what sort of deal they're going to do with the cricket because, uh, you know, cricket are going to be wanting a bit of revenue when they come back on board, if things come back online. I, I can't see it, Pete. I can't see it, to be honest with you. No. I honestly can't, Fiend, because I, um, interestingly enough, New South Wales doesn't have border control issues, but because um, uh, no one wants to go there, um, everyone just wants to keep the New South New South Wales people out. Um, I think that surely, surely, if we get to a point where you know nationally there is not, a, you know, we don't have any new cases, what are they going to want? At least, what do you think? Two, three months. On yeah. top of that, yeah, I think so. So I, I think so. You know, and you, you think you look at what we've got now four and four and a half odd thousand. Well, how long? How long is that going to? If we if we didn't get any cases, any new cases now, it's going to take probably two or three months for that tool to filter out. Yeah, and then they're probably going to want another three months on top of that, just to make sure that they're in the clear. Yeah, I reckon if we had no. Almost no new cases. I reckon you'd still be looking at anything up to six months yeah. from now. And, and I think the the key indicator for that is the timing of some of the government <clears throat> measures. I mean, they've forward planned some of these measures to June and, and beyond. So they're obviously thinking that we're going to be in a state of uh, some sort of restriction, you know, for at least the next four to six months. Um, yeah. That, and that being the case, I just can't... The only possible thing that I can see, Peter, is if the situation stabilises in South Australia 
And today's stats notwithstanding, we have been on a downward curve over the last couple of days. Um, would the SANFL start up again? Possibly. Or, um, or, or, or would the AFL jump at something like the NRL we're trying to do, and that is to bring the AFL to, you know, and just have it in sort of South Australia, Western Australia? Yeah, yeah, or have it in in a couple of centralised locations. I think there's a case for the SANFL and indeed the Waffle if they have a similar um, positive experience over there. I think there's a there's a case for the SANFL to start up, and given that they're all signatories to um, the AFL and and the SANFL obviously need to generate some revenue, maybe it wouldn't be a bad thing if the state league started up. Because people will gag and go to the footy. I'll go to the oh, SAFL yeah. quite happily if there's no AFL on. And it yeah. might be an opportunity just to pump some revenue back into the state leagues, which will mm. then you know, uh, mean that the AFL don't have to kick in quite as much. It'll give people some footy. Um, we've got a team in the twos. It'll give our, us an opportunity to, to run some blokes through. Um, I can well, see that well, happening if, after if, June. What if they? What about something like that? If they had, I don't know. What if they had six teams in Perth, six teams in Adelaide, and six teams in Hobart? Well, they or could quite easily or something do that. Like that, or Northern Territory or something. They could quite easily do that. Yeah. Uh, or Alice Springs or something. Yeah. And you know, could could something positive come out of it? And that is that we don't play an AFL Grand Final at the MCG. <laughs> <laughs> Played at Traeger Park. No, it'd have to be it'd have to be at Adelaide Oval. Under those circumstances, yeah, no question. Um, look, I think I think that they'll be looking pretty hard at doing something as soon as they can, and I think that they're open to uh, thinking outside the square simply simply to generate coin. You know, I mean, the fans will be up for it because they'll be gagging for football by then. Um, if they can make something, anything happen uh, this year, uh, it'll be a bonus for them. Yeah. Um, you know, notwithstanding the the massive loan that they were able to get from the NAB ANZ consortium, um, any revenue that they can generate this year will be will be positive. And we yeah. know what Gillan McLaughlin's like. If he sees an opportunity, he'll take it. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Peter, I promised something on Twitter. And, uh, as yeah, soon I as saw I, that. What was that all about? Well, as soon as I hit send, I kind of regretted it. And I thought, nah, stuff it, whatever. I, a while back, a while back, and it was during a rap show, Pete, and um, I don't know whether you've listened to the rap very much, but uh, Macca and I go I pretty hard at each other. I don't other listen to the rap very much. You don't listen to the rap very much? No, I don't listen to the rap very You're much. bloody fired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Macca and I go pretty hard at each other, and uh, it was after a game where we had been particularly inaccurate, uh, missed a lot of shots, and missed some dollies, right? And I happened to make the statement that I reckon I could kick 30 goals in a row from 30 metres straight out in front. And Macca laughed at me, and I said that I'd prove it to him, and I never did. I never did, Pete. So I was thinking about that the other day, and then I was thinking about what we could do to break the monotony over the next few weeks. So here's here's what I'm, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put um, a fifty dollar KO voucher up, right? And and I understand, and I did check the SA Health regulations before I put all this together. 
you are allowed to go to a playing field outside as long as you keep the one in four metre squared thing happening. I would like people over the next week to post up a challenge that they would like me to complete. The rules are it has to be a football-related challenge, so it has to be something to do with kicking or handballing or marking or whatever. It also has to be something that they can do. So what I want them to do is take video themselves and upload it to Instagram or to YouTube or whatever and flick us a link. We'll feature it on our website. We'll collate them all together. And the best one, and yes, Vardy, no nudity. Absolutely, no one needs to see that. Um, the the best one that, I, that will be cho- chosen by the panel of Crewcast... I will try and match. Okay, so whether it's, you know, 50 shots in a row or 10 Eddie bets or oh, I don't know, whatever. It has to be football related. It can't involve running because uh, I'll have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. So so no, no 10, 400 metre wind sprints or anything like that. Uh, keep it footy related. We'll choose the best one. <coughs> we'll choose the best one. You've got a week to do it. Uh, we'll choose the best one next Tuesday, Peter. And then uh, if I can't beat it, that person gets a $50 KO voucher. I like it. So go your hardest. uh, Upload to... um, You can either tweet it or you can upload it if you've got a YouTube channel or you can... Everyone's got a YouTube channel attached to their Gmail account. Upload it to uh, to YouTube or upload it to Instagram. Flick us a link. Uh, we'll embed it in our website so we've got them all collated. People can see what everyone else is putting together. Uh, we'll highlight some some of the good ones over the next few days on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, you can also post it on Facebook. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll come together next Tuesday. We'll I'll, I won't have any say. I'll let you guys choose. Um, Pete and whoever else we've got on that night, I'll let you guys choose what you want me to match. And that person, if if I can't match it, which is highly likely because I'm a very old man, um, that person will win a fifty dollar KO voucher. Sounds good. Are you going to put your uh, money where your mouth is too, Pete? Um, I'll uh, I'll put it out to um, the uh, the legendary football player that we have in our house, which is not me. Yes, I'll, do uh, that. I'll, I'll I'll put it to uh, Mister Forty Goals from last year. Do that. And, do um, that. And see if he, because um, I've seen him for an eleven-year-old kid. I've seen him do some quite extraordinary things. Yep. Um, on a footy field, so I'll see what he can, uh, what he can bring up. Yep. Now you know this because I've been chucking a few political things on Twitter, and people have been hating on me for it, and I don't care. But this is a good opportunity for you to see me eat humble pie, people. So anyone listening that hates my guts because of my political views or just because I'm an obnoxious prick, now's your opportunity to see me make a fool of myself. <laughs> I won't back away from it. Uh, so give it your best shot, but it has to be something that you are able to do. And on, and so post up your videos and away you go. The other thing nice. that's happening, uh, Pete, um, and we're waiting for the 14th of April um, <coughs> where AFL Evolution 2 is launched now afl games typically are shit on video on video games they're typically shit but a couple of the reviews that i've seen um this one isn't too bad 
for a small development firm. It's obviously not NBA 2K. They don't have the budgets and all the rest of it. But AFL Evolution 2, it looks like it's got good mechanics, uh, reasonable graphics. It's got season modes. It's got career modes. It's got all sorts of stuff. And uh, as I said, uh, what we'll be doing when that launches is that we'll be... uh, We'll be getting into that fairly hard because we need to create a season of our own, Peter, in in replacement for the uh, season that we're missing out on. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, I'll certainly be getting the game and challenging, hopefully challenging a couple of other podcasts. I'd like to be able to challenge Port Fan Radio, actually. Uh, Macro 19, if you're listening, I'd like to be able to challenge you guys to a game of Evolution 2. Um, but certainly we'll be giving people, anyone that buys the game, we'll be giving them an opportunity to join our league and have a bit of fun, and we'll be streaming all that and giving something to, for people to watch. So uh, look out for that in a couple of weeks' time. Sounds good. I don't know. whether it's. Uh, I think it's 14th of, release, 14th of April release, Matt. Uh, they pushed it forward a week. <clears throat> um, so, uh, yeah, two weeks to wait, I think. I don't think there's anything much else to talk about, Peter, do you? No, I reckon that's about it. I just have a, a quick shout out, and I, you have to excuse me because I can't remember the gentleman's name, but we had a really uh, nice tweet from uh, a fan in um, Halifax, Nova Scotia, in Canada, who was in uh, isolation. And yep. um, he uh, was very kind to tweet us and thank us for the, uh, for the cast, and that um, he was enjoying a little bit of normality in getting a little bit of Crow's uh, chat. And so I do apologise. I can't remember the gentleman's name. Dan Matteo. Dan Matteo. Good on you, Dan. Thanks for listening all the way over there in Nova Scotia, Halifax, and um, hope your isolation is uh, isn't too bad. You know, and I say it now and again, and I know you do too, Pete. But it's bloody awesome. Just bloody awesome to hear from people on the other side of the world. It's just bloody amazing. It is. We've had. You know, we've got a good following in the US, we've got a bit in Canada, we've got listeners in bloody Vietnam, you know, I mean, who knows, they're all expats, but it's great to see people hooking in, so g'day to all our international listeners, some of you are probably doing it pretty bloody tough at the moment, and we've got to recognise that in Australia, whilst we're locked down, you know, people in other countries, (coughs) uh, particularly in Europe and the US, uh, are doing it pretty tough right now. So, yep, g'day absolutely. to everyone in those parts of the world doing it tough. Uh, we wish you all the very best, and uh, we hope that we can give you a little bit of a respite for a half an hour or so um, by listening to us crap on about football. <laughs> half an hour or so? Well, you know that Nicky or Macro aren't here, if that's... No. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, we've cracked through this in 47 minutes, <clears throat> mate, and we, and we have waffled. <laughs> So exactly. we've done a good job. But look, I reckon we might leave it there. What do you think? Yeah, let's it's, leave it there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very, okay. uh, very uh, happy that everyone has been able to join us uh, on Discord and on YouTube and on Facebook. Uh, thanks very much for your ongoing support. We really do appreciate it. Um, get your entries in for the Crowcast Challenge, Stick It Up Phoenix Challenge, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, <laughs> Pete, you get your lad to outdo me. I'll, I'll happily... Uh, bow down to his mm-hmm. uh, his greatness uh, but in the meantime everyone please stay safe don't forget discord is open on crows on crowcast so if you are feeling, feeling a bit down or need to connect get onto the crows chat channel on discord or hook up with us on twitter or facebook always happy to have a chat and uh, everyone take care and we will see you next tuesday for tuesday night live not everybody not fine good night mate